we're all protecting you. We have, we have all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? You not told us. I don't ever bring you guys around me like that. Let me tell you something. The only thing. If I want to see that, what a road is. I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm looking for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hot and Bravo podcast on the Buttered Pop Network. My name is Eddie Estrada, and I'm here with my co-host, Armin. Armin, what is up? Nothing much, Eddie. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We just had a great little, it felt like a very kind of quick episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes. Um, so we're going to be having like a little bit of a shorter pod, we think, for this one. Yeah. There's lightning r- round. A lightning round. There's really only the party to cover because that's a bulk of what happened and what we saw. I mean, we had the leftovers of Camille's um, wedding. We did see the reaction to the story. Exactly. Of the LVP getting the lie detector test. There was also no LVP in this episode. Right. Which is something that we're going to have to get used to until... Hopefully the, the Beverly Hills reunion. I mean, we may I, see her in another episode. I think they're taping in the next couple of days because Andy said, like, hey, we're on the cusp of filming Beverly Hills. Make sure I to think send June questions. 4th. Yeah, like I feel like June 4th or 6th. I feel like maybe I heard yeah. 6th 6 somewhere. Yeah, exactly. But I could be wrong. I also thought Rinna's reaction to that story online where Camille was saying all those good things about LVP was funny because they're like, Camille is so duplicitous. And and yeah, and then they go and they reveal to Dorit about how, uh, at least Rinna tells Dorit how Camille yep. had said all these things right before Camille's 50th birthday. And all these, and Dorit was like, whoa, I thought me and Camille were like, cool. And now I found out she thinks I'm like, you know, when did she get that accent? Like, how much money does she really have? It's two-faced you know, Camille this season. You know the hairs on the back of your neck? They just stand up. <laughs> Um, it is. She is being very two faced, two faced this season, and I I did like that quip um by Dorit at the confessional during the Halloween party where she's like, "I wonder why you buy a mask that hides both your faces," and I was <laughs> like, "Oh, Dorit, someone wrote that for you, but it was really good." Um, but yeah, so the bulk of this episode happens at Farah's, which is Kyle's eldest daughter. Um, her 30th birthday, which they've done dubbed Farrowween. I love because it. Because it's, you know, Halloween birthday. Like, I had a Halloween birthday one year for my birthday because I'm November 5th. So I'm right. like right around that, you know, spooky time. That um, is stretching it, though, from 5th to is. 31st. 5th to 30. Yeah, it was, it was really stretching it. But I think it was, I want to say it was like my 13th birthday or it was like my birthday in eighth grade and it was a costume Halloween party and it was wild. People were crazy. We would never have it again. People broke screen doors. People broke into our shed. Um, I think there was kids like kissing like behind the tarps in our garage. It was like, it was like the first party that I think was like scandalous for our grade. Um, but it was fine. It was fine. It was My eighth cool. grade birthday party was actually scandalous as well. So was maybe it it's that age. <laughs> yeah, it was Halloween too. No, everyone everyone at 13 was like going crazy. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. That's when you start to go crazy. That's exactly <laughs> the moment the tides turn from being cute to crazy. And you're like, who is this psychotic person that is I have become? What is your best costume? Ever for Halloween? Ever. Oh my gosh. Wow. This one's actually really hard. Or maybe had, your dream costume. My, How okay, about that? My best one, I think, was probably 
maybe my Voldemort was really, really good. I got a lot Ooh. of attention for that one. Um, I've seen my you put on a bald cap. Oh my gosh. I had the bald cap. I painted wow. myself completely white. Uh, I really go all out for Halloween almost every year. It's my favorite holiday. So I was a little bit disappointed by some of these housewives costumes because mm. I'm like a Heidi Klum. Like I want to, I want to be like so big one day that like I can throw a Halloween party for my birthday every year and just make it like so extra and so crazy. But do you go, go all out lotus. like Heidi? If y'all don't know, by the way, listening to this, Heidi Klum goes all all out. Yeah, I mean, I do go pretty all out. I'm like going through my Instagram posts of Halloween. Like I was a really she'll do like Olsen. two full days of makeup for no. An event. When she was Princess Fiona, that was crazy. She's been the old lady. Yes. She's done so many iconic looks. Uh, I love, I literally live and love um, Heidi Klum at Halloween. I'm the antithesis. I go simple. I go easy. I don't want to try that hard. No makeup. You know, no frills. I have like four outfits at least and I'm all DIY. I was, oh, you are DIY. Yeah. See, I like that too, but I don't want to go that all out. I was house for like five straight years. Oh my God. You know, Hugh, Hugh Laurie's house. Yeah, okay. So you just need like a suit jacket on top of a shirt, like a plain regular whatever shirt and the cane. But see, here is where oh I put gosh. in some work. This is like I would limp. L- I would most- literally do the limp and everyone knew who I was and they loved it. That's the thing. People actually loved it and I didn't have to put any work. See, that's no. I they would that. say, oh my God, your house. I'm and like, then yeah, by the house. fifth year, they're like, oh, look, it's house <laughs> again. I, I go to like four, four, four or five Halloween parties a year and I am in a different outfit for every single one. Wow. So I really do love Halloween. So I was super excited to see these ladies dress up. Um, Kyle is a Playboy bunny, which was very cute, except when her um, outfit was so tight, it ripped. <laughs> right. And so she sent Mauricio clear across down an Uber for 20 minutes to go get the costume in one size up. So that was really funny. Um, three of them are cats. Camille is like a cat woman situation or as Dorit called it, the stray cat. So I loved PK as Carl Lagerfeld though. Okay. I was so over Erica Jane, literally the entire, I mean like, isn't it so smart? Oh my God, Dorit, it's so cute. Like I was literally like, Erica, we get it. You're into fashion. You own enough Chanel to know who Carl is. Right, like, but who has ever been Carl Lagerfeld for Halloween? So many people. Really? Oh, my God. Oh, I, I've never seen that okay, before. Okay, clearly you're straight, as you are, because, <laughs> like, you see Carl Lagerfeld in WeHo every single year. Like, really? I see at least 25 of them. Oh, okay. There's, there's like, sexy Carl Lagerfeld where he's, like, in shorts, <laughs> like, shirtless. Like, there's so many different versions. Yeah. Rest in peace. R.I.P. for real, dude. That's yeah. like, that one was And this a, was filmed before. This was filmed before. So without even knowing, they were paying homage. Yeah. And of course, Rinna's Erica Jane costume. Hilarious. Rinna's Erica Jane costume takes the cake. Like, that's how much I want to go out for Halloween every single year. Teddy went um, Harley Quinn. Edward went Joker. Yeah, except didn't that movie come out like literally like three years ago? I feel like every year someone does. I know. They looked really good. They looked really good. They went all out. Although I question going with Jared Leto's Joker. Well, that was the same one from the same movie, right? Yeah, but that's the worst Joker. Okay. You're not going to be like that Harley Quinn next to like a Jack like Nicholson like Joker from like the 80s. Mix it up. 
Oh my god. Let's be dynamic. Okay, that's pushing it. You have to go with the same theme. You don't get Halloween. Um, so- One housewife, or should I say former housewife, was dressed as a gangster, though. Oh, yes. We did see the arrival of Kim Richards, which we've Kim been Richards. waiting for all season. You know, I have a special place in my heart for Kim Richards. I've always loved her. I've always felt for her. So um, she's also batshit insane. Um, she definitely was disheveled. You thought so? Yes. I thought she was actually pretty put together. She At the beginning. Yeah. But as the night progressed, as she continued to have her conversations with Lisa Renna. Right. I I don't know. I just saw old Kim coming out and it made me, it made me hurt because I want her to be doing better. But I felt like she's still, I mean, the battle with her addiction is probably an everyday struggle. And, you know, she's in these situations where, you know, She's surrounded by alcohol. She's surrounded by partying. She's probably surrounded by some of the same drugs she was taking. Um, and that must be really hard. But I don't know. She was. She seemed a little bit off her game. I just feel like Kim always takes a hostile approach to things. So the night starts off with yeah. Rinna basically ignoring her, right? Yeah. Saying, I'm Erica Jane. And that already throws things off. And then everything just gets toxic from there. And I feel like you're referring to Kim's conversation with Denise, right? Because that was where she seemed maybe a little unhinged to me. Yeah. Where it's like, yo, Denise is actually trying to be a, like a mediator, although she's obviously on, on Rinna's Rinna, yeah. side. But she's just trying to explain to Kim that Rinna is still hurt by what went down at yeah. the reunion, and infamously I, with the returning of the bunny. And honestly, Kim being like, no, that's a lie. Like, that's just like That's Kim. what you're referring to, right? What? Yeah. In terms of her well, No, I, I mean, oh. her language and the way she was acting with her conversation with Lisa Renna, I felt like she was maybe a little bit off. Oh. Um, but in this conversation, yes, I thought she was just being petty. Classic and, Kim, right? And, you know, holding a grudge. Yeah, and I'm like, it's not Lisa Renna at this point. You're the one still, you know, it takes two to tango, honey. Yeah. Ultimately, though, Kim and Rinna do sit down and talk. Yes. And Rinna sits down as Rinna. As, not as Erica Jane. That was like Denise's but, main point. Rinna, you got to be uh, Rinna yeah, right now. But also, Rinna as Erica Jane was not really Erica Jane. It was literally Rinna just being like, using Erica Jane as an excuse to be unfiltered. Right. She literally used the See You See Next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Everyone, it, everyone was dead silent. Like no one laughed. It was so awkward. Everyone was like, and uh, Kyle was like, "Okay, let's um, take the picture now." What did you think of Kyle in that whole scenario? You know, having Kim's back, even though probably in the wrong. What, like, whose team are you on, by the way, in this whole situation? Like, I feel like Rena started off as petty, but her ultimate point of like wanting an apology for the bunny situation was totally fair and understandable i think her actions this evening were unacceptable i mm-hmm. think they were inappropriate um i am happy that her and kim eventually do come to some sort of agreement to move past the situation yeah um but i do think that kim owes lisa Rinna an apology and like lisa said lisa already did apologize for everything she apologized a thousand times uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of times like and the bunny was in it was all in good like you know it was in good faith it was like 
a gift to her grandson that no one would ever just do that. Just to be like, here's a bunny, like trying to make fun of her. She was trying to give a gift to like give a peace offering. Right. And I understand if Kim didn't want to give that to her grandson, but to like make a whole scene of it on the show and embarrass Lisa Rinna like that, it was, she deserves an apology. And it's like, yeah, Kim, you were hurt, but you can't use that pain to hurt someone else. And I feel like that's where Kim is kind of always stuck is like, no, you don't understand how I'm hurt. My feelings matter. And we're like, no, we understand your feelings matter, but so do everyone else's. She's got that child star syndrome. Camille and I just finished rewatching season five. And it's this same cycle over and over again where people wrong Kim in Kim's eyes. And in some cases, they could be wrong. Like in that season, Kim felt like Rinna and Eileen were pushing the whole point of Kim's sobriety too much. And yeah. whether or not she was sober, whether or not she needed help, whether she needed intervention, she felt like they were going too far with that. Kim demanded an apology from them because yeah. she was like, you're putting my life on blast. Stop talking about this. Stop talking about this. And they would keep apologizing. They would say, you know what? We just care about you. We were looking out for you. We were genuinely worried. We are sorry. Yeah. And that would keep happening, right? But then, because Kim was so pissed off, Kim would talk shit on them or do some like messed up shit. And she never apologizes for that. And she'd just say, well, you guys wronged me. You guys talked about me needing an intervention. And they're like, well, we apologize for that. Yeah. Why can't you just apologize for what you did? Exactly. And it's funny, four years later now, Kim has not changed. Kim has not She's changed still harping on that. I feel like that was what she was referring to, right? Yes. With Rinna, that, hey... You know, you you owe me an apology. And it's like, well, Rina gave you a million of a them. A million apologies. And I mean, I think we often forget how far back this feud between them goes. Like, there was all the, don't you dare speak about my husband. That was yes. Kim and Lisa. People, and Kim never apologized and Kim for that. Kim never apologized she for never that did. either. She refused. So I, I feel like Kim, this is the way Kim is, is she demands a lot, but gives very little. Right. Um... Except for on the show, she's always given us so much. Thank you so much, Kim Richards. Um, but I don't know. This whole situation, I mean, it was a good, hopefully, conclusion. I highly doubt it. This is not the end of these two, and I don't think it ever will be. Um, I feel like this relationship's just too fractured to move forward. I feel like they've reconciled only in the sense that they'll act cordial. But yeah. they don't like each other. They don't, yeah. It's... It's there's there's no love there anymore. No, like they said, they used to have a really nice relationship. They're never going to go back to that place. It ended on the car ride to Eileen's poker party. Oh, a hundred percent. That's where it ended. That's exactly where it ended on that <laughs> over that four years fateful ago. Fateful car ride. Oh, and that's uncomfortable to watch. Th yeah, because that was that was in probably Kim's darkest days. Yeah, and she was going through a lot. No she was going through it. a whole bunch. But yeah, this was almost like a throwback episode in a yeah. way. Like it felt like we were kind of warped back into season five, season six. Yeah, because it, it was just know, like, where's Eileen? Yeah, it's like, is she around here somewhere? <laughs> like, Doree. Why is Denise Richards here? Yeah, I mean, I like also De Denise looked amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a throwback episode. I thought it was like a fun little drama that wasn't. We did not talk about the dog once. Yes. Which was a which was a nice break. Mm -hmm. The show can survive without talking about Lucy Lucy Apple Juicy, even though it was kind of a short episode. At least it was engaging from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, we'll see what happens as we move forward through the rest of the season. Like we said, the reunion is upon us. We will see if Lisa Vanderpump does show up because I think that is the question on everyone's mind. And if this podcast episode was not enough for you because it was short and sweet and amazing like we are, (laughs) um, make sure you guys subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify so that you guys don't miss a single one of our other recaps on Summer House or New York or anything else that we cover. We have, the, we have Southern Charm coming out very soon. And as always, Armin, where can people follow you on Twitter? At Armin Mahram on Twitter and Instagram. Also, can I reveal this? Housewives History, what's coming up next? Yes. I think you guys did reveal it, right? We did. Okay. So you'll so have to listen much to Housewives History. You know? Listen to Housewives History, but also Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Season 5 is next on Housewives History. Of course, Kevin... Eddie and Camille will be covering that. Oh yeah, I need to get started on that. Have you you haven't started? No. <laughs> we finished already. Of course you did. <laughs> and if you guys want to follow Hot and Bravo, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching H O T in B R A V O D. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram with that Eddie underscore Estrada. See you next time. <laughs>